Wasn't that good? Come on, put your hands together one more time. Let them know they did a good job. Good job, girls. Also, uh, the one that was over that drama for us was Pastor TJ and Miss Megan, our former youth pastors, and they did an incredible job this past year for us in fine arts, loving our kids. And uh, I believe Megan's here somewhere. Put your hands together. Let Megan know that Calvary NSB still loves her. What a big day we have today, not because of the size of the crowd, but because of the size of our God. And no matter what we do, I want you to know that we always give attention to the Word of God. Because everything that we do is based off of His Word. Oh, come on, somebody. Now, I know you're new to church, but if you want me to preach long, you stay quiet. If you want me to go quick, you start preaching with me. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn very quickly to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. As you're turning there, I came across this story. A pioneer in the faith by the name of D.L. Moody. He had one of the most successful Sunday schools around. So successful that a young lad, a, a young boy, he loved to travel to this Sunday school class. How many remember going to Sunday school back up in the day? Come on, I remember going to Sunday school. It wasn't called Sunday school, it was called Sunday cool, hey. <laughs> the only problem was, is that this Sunday school that this young boy wanted to travel to was too far away for him just to walk. So every day, every Sunday, what he would have to do is he would have to hitchhike. He would, ask to he would have to ask his friends to, to, to give him a ride to church and he always he, he couldn't always find a ride and all the time his friends would say why don't you just come to our church why don't you just come to our Sunday school and his answer was this and I want you to hear me very clearly today because this is the picture of the church his answer was this because they love a fella over there and I'm here to tell you today that what separates us from this world you know this is our love the Bible says this in John chapter 13, that they will know that you are my disciples if you love. You see, there's a prerequisite right there to following Jesus. The prerequisite to being a follower of Jesus is loving people. Am I talking to anybody today? You see, I'm preaching about a God of love. For God so loved that he gave. You see, every time that you love something, you got to give something to that love. I love my wife so much that I gave her the rest of my life. Come on, that's a good thing. She pretty. Come on. Hey. She's gorgeous. Hi. But I love her so much that I gave her the rest of my life. She loved me so much that she gave the rest of her life to me. <laughs> that makes me say, hey, again. And God loved us so much that he gave. What did he give? He gave his very best. He gave his one, his only son. And the Bible says this, that the greatest commandment, the number one thing that believers should be doing is, number one, we should love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. What does that mean, Pastor? It means with every fiber of my being, I cry out to God with my love for God. And the Bible goes on and it says this, and the second one is like the first, that number one, we love God, but number two, we love each other. I think this world will be such a better place if we loved one another. 
That deserved about 10 more amens than I got right there. I said, I believe that this world would be such a better place if we loved one another. Wouldn't it be great if all races and all creeds and all walks of life, we loved one another? And I'm here to tell you today that we love you. I'm here to tell you today that we're giving away backpacks. We're giving away school supplies. We're busing people in to attend our church. Why? Because we love you. We love you so much that we're going to give you external things. But we love you even more that we can introduce you to an eternal God. Come on. And my assignment today is simply this. As we give attention to the Word of God, my assignment is this. Whether this is your first time, whether you've been to our church before, or whether you attend here regularly, I want you to know that God loves you. And that not only does God love you, but we love you. Look at your neighbor right now and tell them that you are loved. Oh, come on. Look at your other neighbor and tell them like you mean it. Say, you are loved. Say it in your most loving voice. Come on. Say, you are loved. You are loved. Come on. Tell them. All right. It got weird. But hear me when I say this, that it is not the love of God that will save you. It got quiet up in here. Hear me one more time. It is not the love of God that will save you. What saves me is found in one word written 170 times in the New Testament alone. What saves me is found in one word that has penned thousands of hymns. What saves me is found in one word that my finite mind, it, it, it's hard to comprehend it. That one word is simply this, grace. It's by the grace of God that I am saved through faith. You see, I might be a young preacher, but I am rooted in old-time Pentecost. We might sing some new stuff, but I remember growing up singing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. You see, I grew up singing songs like Grace Greater Than Our Sin. Marvelous great grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilt. Grace, grace, wonderful grace. Come on, somebody. Grace is wonderful. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all of our sin. I wonder if there's anybody here today. I know I'm still in my introduction, but I wonder if there's anybody here today that is thankful for God's grace that is greater than your sin. Is there anybody here today that would say, Pastor, I once was blind, but now I see. I wonder if there's anybody here today that would exclaim with me, if it wasn't for God's grace, I would still be lost. I would still be a sinner. I would still be blind, but I am found. I'm no longer a sinner. I've been justified and I can see. Somebody give God 10 seconds of the best praise that you can give him. Lift up your voice right now and we begin to declare, thank you, God. God, for the grace that you give us.
The Bible declares this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, but we will find grace when we need it most. I want to preach a message very quickly to you entitled this, Finding Grace. Finding Grace. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for not only your love, but your grace that saves me. And we approach your throne boldly today. Your word declares that your throne is gracious because, God, you are full of grace. Give us grace today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Those that love the Lord today, they say, amen, amen. Look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor right now and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on. Hebrews chapter 4 is one of my most favorite passages in Scripture. Even though we don't know who the author of Hebrews is, the author penned the words that if we have a need, we can take it to a throne of grace. I wonder if there's anybody in the sanctuary today that says, Pastor, I've got a need. I wonder if there's anybody in the sanctuary today on this side that says, Pastor, I've got a need. Let me encourage you to do what the Bible tells us to do. We are to take that need to the throne of grace, where the Bible says we receive mercy, but we find grace. Now, the word grace right there in the Greek is the word charis. And charis means this, goodwill. It means loving kindness, and it means favor. Now, I don't know about you, but that gets me excited today because I wonder if I'm talking to anybody in the sanctuary under the sound of my voice that says, Pastor, I need a little bit of goodwill in my life. I wonder if there's anybody here today that says, I need a little bit of loving kindness in my life. I need a little bit of favor. Come on, am I talking to anybody today that says, I need a little bit of favor. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got some charis for you in the name of Jesus. Now, for those of you that don't know me, I'm about to reveal a deep, dark secret to you. I'm a little bit impatient. I am not the most patient guy in the world. I know, I know, I know you are shocked. I know you are flabbergasted. I know that right now you're going to go on Facebook and write a status about me. You see, I want you to understand that I don't like waiting. I just don't. I don't like standing in lines. I don't like being stuck in traffic. I don't like waiting for food when I'm hungry because I want it now. Now, I know that all of you are so spiritual out there, so just pray for your weaker brother in the name of Jesus. All of y'all are acting like that, that pastor. I can't believe him not being patient. That's in the Bible. Be patient, man. I want to tell you a story. Not too long ago, um, we took Joshua to the doctor. Isn't that just such a pleasant trip, you know? Just love going to the doctor with our three-year-old. And when we get to the doctor's office, isn't that just such a, just a fantastic waiting room? You know, I just, it's like going to Six Flags. Just let me go to the doctor's office and wait in the waiting room. It's just wonderful. I love it so much. And I love it when we find a receptionist who, to be honest with you, if she could, she would shoot lasers out of her eyes and incinerate your flesh. And not only do we get past 
the receptionist, finally, after what seems like an eternity, I grew a beard and I got gray hair in my hair after I wait. I see the doctor. Now, the doctor's always nice, isn't he? Or she. The doctor's always great because the doctor knows they're about to get paid. Doctors wonder, it's so good to see you again. I'm sitting there thinking, you need to tell your receptionist to sound like that, you know? So good to see you, Joshua. How are you? you do, it's so good to see you. It's a wonderful. How are the parents? Y'all doing okay? Oh, my goodness. It's so good to see y'all, too. I haven't seen y'all forever. Y'all need to come in more. And I'm thinking, you want me to come in more? Why do you want me to come in more? And so after we see the doctor and we go out to, again, the receptionist, and isn't that just a wonderful walk? Because you know you're about to receive a sheet of paper with some numbers on it that you're not going to be too happy about. But I'm thankful today for God's grace. Because grace is almost the complete opposite of the story that I've just shared with you. You see, I don't have to wait in line when I need grace. Because the Bible declares to me in Hebrews 4 that I can approach the throne boldly. I don't have to wait. I don't have to have a mean receptionist treat me when they find me. Because the Bible says that once I find, oh, come on. Because once I get to him, once I boldly approach him, the Bible says that I find a gracious throne, not a mean receptionist. I'm not talking to anybody. And I'm so thankful that grace is the opposite of a big fat bill handed to me. Because the Bible says that my needs will be taken care of. That he shall supply my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm talking about grace today, baby. I wonder if there's anybody that's a little bit excited about grace and maybe there's not a more beautiful picture of grace that's found in the scriptures than in Luke chapter 15 with a very familiar story called the prodigal son the 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 verse starts here in verse 11 to illustrate the point further Jesus told them this story a man had two sons the younger son told his father, I want, to share, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. Look at your neighbor and say wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the men sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, look at your neighbor and say, senses. He said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Now, I want you to notice this with me because there are some fascinating truths that are revealed in this passage of Scripture. That this young prodigal, once he received what he wanted from his father, he left his father and he moved away from him. Now, I want you to realize with me today that this story is a picture of the modern church here in America. 
Because I wonder how many of us will come to church only when we have a need. Uh Uh-oh. How many of us will go to Jesus only when we want something from Jesus? Oh, God. I've got a horrible bill in the bank account. Oh, God, I don't know where I'm going to have the money to pay the mortgage this month. Oh, Lord, I've got this need, and I've got that need. And then once we come to church, we lift up our hands, we sing, we cry, we may give in the offering. But as soon, hear me when I say this, as soon as the need is met, what do we do? You don't don the door of the church again until you have another need. Am I preaching yet? I know that there's nobody in this sanctuary that treats Jesus like that. I know that there's nobody here at Calvary and NSB will treat my Jesus like that. But I want you to know today that my God is so graceful. That my God is so full of grace that you are allowed to treat him like that time and time and time and time and time again. Why? Because he is a loving father and he will never turn his children away from him. So whether you have a need today or you might have a need a month from now, you can always go to the throne room of grace and present your need because that's what my God is. Come on, somebody. The word prodigal. It comes from the Greek word asotos, which means wasteful and riotous. And as I have been writing this message and praying and stewarding over this message, there has been something that has been on my lips. It's been on the tip of my tongue every day. God, please don't let this picture be of me. I never want to be known as a wasteful and riotous pastor. I never want to be known as someone that is wasteful of their gifts. I never want to be known as someone that is riotous. I never want to be known as the pastor that lives wild. And more importantly, I never want to be known as the believer in Jesus that has the bad reputation. The Bible says not to let your good be evil spoken of. You are to live righteous. Yes, we have a God of grace, but we also have a God of truth. So not only are you to receive grace, but you are to live holy because grace without holiness is religion. And I'm talking to some people in here today that need to hear a word that, yes, you are going to be taught grace. We have a God of grace, but the same God that gives you grace is the same God that says, go and sin no more. And I want to tell you today that you can receive salvation in this house. You can receive justified grace just as if I've never sinned. But the same God that gives you grace is the same God that expects you to live for him the rest of your life not according to your standards but according to his standards and his standards are pretty high the bible says this that my god is a god of holiness and in first peter chapter 1 verse 16 he says this be holy because i the lord your god am holy now holiness is simply this it's set apart and it's a cut above and if i'm declaring anything over this house i'm declaring this under the sound of my voice that you are called and you are chosen to be set apart and to be a cut above from everybody else. What is going to separate us is not just our love for one another. It's not just our love for God. But I believe that what's going to separate us is what separates us from the world. That we say, if it's of the world, I don't want to have anything to do with it. If it's of the world, I've got to shun it and I've got to flee from it. I've got to run from it. And I'm going to start to run into the arms of a grace and holy God. If you believe that today, put your hands together. I'm preaching somebody. Hear me when I say this to you, church, that God wants to have a relationship with you that goes beyond your worldly need. 
And here we have this young man who's got it made in the shade. He was featured in the lifestyles of the rich and famous with Robin Leach. He's got money. He's got wealth. He's got a bed. He's got a home. He's got a roof. And most importantly, he's got a loving father. But that wasn't enough for him. Hear me when I say this. God help me when my God is no longer enough for me. You're in a dangerous place when you say my God is no longer enough for me. You're in a dangerous place when you desire more than the Father. We're in trouble if we want pleasures over purity. Oh my It's here to tell you today that I, I, I'm just here. I, I want to declare to you right now that this world has nothing for me. World, you can have the riches. You can have the fame. You can have it all in accordance to the world's standards because I've got something even greater that you don't have. I've got a provider. His name is Jehovah Jireh. I've got somebody that's my healer. His name is Jehovah Rapha. I'm thankful that things are going well, but still, he is Jehovah Nisi. He is my victory. I'm thankful for the peace of God that's in my life. And I've got to understand that the peace of God comes from the Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Oh, let me preach to somebody just for a couple of minutes. I'm talking about Jehovah Maxay, my refuge. I'm, I'm talking about Jehovah, my gain, my shield. Jehovah, my hose, my fortress. Jehovah, my Tali, my deliverer. Jehovah, Miss God's my high tower. Somebody in this place give God a 10-second praise. If he is Jehovah, if he is Lord, Lord over all because hear me when I say this church he's either Lord of all or he ain't Lord at all I have no need greater than my need that's found in him and the Bible continues and says this that he had blown all of his money in a matter of days and while living now later on in the passage of scripture in Luke 15, the Bible tells us that the older brother ratted the younger brother out and said he blew all of his money on prostitutes. Can I tell you, I'm not here to prostitute my integrity. My morals mean something to me. My character is greater than the way that this prodigal son chose to treat it. And in a matter of days, he finds himself with nothing. He's got no money. He has hit rock bottom. He left his father. He's got nothing over his head. He's lost it all. And because of his decision to live wildly, let me tell you something today, church. Decisions matter. Let me tell you something today, church, that decisions can either lead to a bright future or they can lead to a dark present decisions be careful in the decisions that you make because wild living will produce worldly ways and all of a sudden he finds himself working for a farmer and he's feeding the pigs my how the mighty have fallen we have a wealthy young man who had it all who's now lost it all and he finds himself working for another man that he does not know and all he's been assigned to do is feed some animals and he hits rock bottom and he, he's so hungry 
that he doesn't look at the pig for food. He looks at what the pig is eating for food. Hear me when I say this. That sin will make you salivate for trash. He doesn't want the pigs. He wants what the pigs are eating. That's what sin has for you. My God has the very best in store for you. You have a bright future in this house. You know why? Because my God created you to have a bright future. My God created you to have good plans, to take care of you. He goes on in the Gospels and he says, look at the flowers in the field. In all of Solomon's splendor, I take care of the flowers just as good. And if I take care of the flowers, how much more am I going to take care of you? Can I tell you today that my God wants to take care of you, that he is the Father, and he has good things in store. The best is yet to come. But as soon as you make a decision to turn your back on him, get ready. Because sometimes the Lord will let you hit rock bottom just to see how good you had it. And the Bible says that as he was thinking about how good pig food must be, you know you're hungry when you don't want the pig. You want the pig food. Lord, let me never get to a place where I desire what the pigs eat over barbecue. The Bible says that as he's desiring what the pigs are eating, that he came to his senses. He remembered how good he had it, that he used to be on the lifestyles of the rich and famous, that he used to have food, that he used to have clothes, that he used to have a roof, that he used to have a good situation, that he used to have a loving dad. And here is where the story begins to get good. And as he came to his senses, he thinks to himself, I will go repent to my father, and maybe he will hire me just to be one of his servants. At least I can work in the fields again. At least I can sleep in the servants' quarters. At least I can be near my father again. Hear me when I say this. At least I can just be around him. I may not be close to the father anymore, but at least I can just see him again. Because if I can just be around him again, things already dramatically improve. But here's the problem with that. That the gracious God that we have, he doesn't desire servants. He desires sons. Here's the problem with that. The problem with that is that the God of grace... He doesn't just want to be around you. The God of grace wants to be in you. Oh, my goodness. Here's the problem with that, is that the God of grace doesn't care about how much I'm worth. All he cares about is giving me a new birth. Oh, somebody in this house. That's to make somebody a little bit happy in here because your money is not going to save you. The Facebook likes, they're not going to give you eternal salvation. The things that this world will tell you will make you successful it ain't going to get you into heaven. Your worth ain't going to get you there. It's only by new birth. Somebody say amen if you found the new birth in this house. The problem with that is that nothing, hear me, 
hear me, nothing can separate me from the love of a father. Neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. Somebody put your hands together today if you're thankful for the love that our Father gives us. As I'm closing, which means absolutely nothing, but as I'm closing today, the story of the prodigal son, it gets even better. In verse 20, he says this, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, say long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. I'm so thankful today that the two things that my God is filled with is love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead, and now he was returned to life. He was lost. But now he is found. And the Bible says this, so the party began. They went to Party City. Come on. They got them some balloons. They got them a cake. They got them some non-alcoholic sparkling cider. And they had some fun. They got down. But let's break this passage down even more. The Bible reveals to us that he's walking to his father's house. But as his father sees this shadow a long way off, he realizes that this shadow takes on the form of his son, his lost son. And the Bible tells us that he runs to him. Now I'm going to get on this in just a moment, but I'm going to repeat that. The Bible reveals to us that he runs to his son. And as the son repents... And as the son begins to ask for forgiveness, the father interrupts him. Notice with me right there that the son doesn't get out everything that he wanted to say. You remember he was going to say a whole, he had a long list of things in his mind that he was going to say to the father. I've sinned. I need repentance. I, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I'm now a slave. This and that. The father interrupts him. And the Bible says that the father is so happy that he treats him well, not with words, but with actions. And the Bible declares to us that he said, Hey, servants, go get a ring and put it on his finger. That ring, it signifies sonship. It says, You may have given up on me, but I haven't given up on you. What is jewelry? Jewelry is passed down from generation 
to generation. And the Father is saying before everybody, I'm going to come running for you, and I love you so much that even though you turned your back on me, I'm going to give you a ring so that you can recognize being my son again. And not only does the Father give him a ring to put on his finger, he, he grabs a cloak and he wraps it around him just to signify, I welcome you back in the fold. Whatever you did against me, it's been forgiven. You don't even have to worry about it anymore. It's in the past. And so just take this cloak around you so that you know not only are you my son again, but you don't have to worry about what you did to me. I'm not even thinking about it. In fact, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm going to also put sandals on your feet. Now, sandals on the feet, it means this. You said you want to be a servant. I don't look at you as a servant. I put a ring on your finger. I'll put a cloak around you. You don't signify being one of my servants. You recognize yourself being my son because servants don't wear sandals. Sons have the very best. And he says this, not only am I going to put a ring on it, not only am I going to give you a cloak, not only am I giving you sandals, I'm also going to throw you a big fat party just to know how much I love you. I'm going to go kill the fattened calf. I'm going to go get the very best cow that I got. We're eating steak tonight, baby. And I want you to know that I'm going to give you the very best that I've got. Now, I'm talking to somebody in here right now under the sound of my voice. You're sitting down and you're saying, that prodigal son, that's me. I've turned my back on God. Maybe, just maybe, you are raised in church. Maybe, just maybe, you've heard sermons preached like this about God's grace, and you've turned your back on God's grace. In fact, you became a disgrace to God's grace. But I'm here to tell you today that the God of grace, he sees you coming. The God of grace, he sees you coming down the road. He sees you, and the Bible declares to us that not only does he see you, but he begins to run to you. Now, here's the cool thing about this. In Eastern culture, old men don't run. They don't. It's below them. Now that they are distinguished, they are the heads of the family, they choose to stay distinguished, and to stay distinguished, you have to act distinguished. You ever seen a distinguished Christian? Christian? They walk in all, all polished, you know. They got their head bobbing just a little bit. They got their gaudy jewelry on. You know what I'm talking about. They got their head bobbing. They got their nose turned up so high. You're like, what you smelling? You got a superpower for smell? I don't smell anything. Why you got your nose up in there? Somebody stink? Come on. They got their nose so high, they just walk in. They got that distinguished Christian look on. They're looking around at everybody acting all crazy while they worshiping. They just doing this. But this distinguished man, he said, I don't care about how distinguished I am. I don't care about how I look right now. I don't care about the servants looking at me. I see my son down the road. I see somebody that left me 
I see somebody that did me wrong. I see somebody that took my hard-earned money and they blew it in just a matter of days. But because I love him so much, I'm going to act undistinguished. And I'm going to get off my high horse. And I'm going to show everybody in this room. I'm going to show everybody out in the field. I'm going to prove to everybody that my reputation means jack squat to me. That my love for my son, it profoundly, it, it makes me get off and it makes me run i'm talking to about a father that runs for you this story is a picture of our god today the bible says this in second corinthians 12 9 that my grace is sufficient i'm thankful today that his grace is enough the Bible declares this in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm here to tell you today that my God is a God of grace. My God is grace. And so therefore, church, hear me. My title may have been finding grace, but grace isn't something that you find. Grace finds you. And I'm here to tell you today that no matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, no matter the decisions that you have made, no matter of the actions that you have done as consequence of those decisions it's going to fall by the wayside because my God the God of grace is about to find you up in this house somebody give God some praise in this house if you're thankful that his grace is sufficient if you're thankful that the grace of God is all that I need it makes me what I am I'm talking about grace today every head bowed every eye closed in the sanctuary we thank you Lord for your grace. We thank you, God, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. And I wonder today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm the story. I'm the prodigal. I'm the wasteful, riotous believer. That's me. I've walked away from the Lord. I've turned my back on him. I need grace today. I need a little bit of favor in my life. I, I need a little bit of goodwill back into my life. I need, I need some loving kindness. And if that's you in this place today, you say, Pastor, I've sinned. There's sin in my life. I've turned my back on God. I need God to forgive me in this place. The key turn right there is to turn, to repent, to turn your back on the old way and let God make you new. So if you're ready to repent, you're ready to ask God to forgive you, to come back into your life, to be your Lord, your Savior in this place. With no one looking around, if that's you, there's sin in your life, but you're going to start to call out to a God of grace. Raise your hand all over the sanctuary today. There's sin in my life. I need grace. One, two, three, hallelujah, four, five. I see a six, seven, eight, nine. Praise the Lord. Come on, I'm going to wait on you. Pastor, there's sin in my life. I've done things in my life that separated me from the love of God. I need the God of grace today. I want to know before I leave the sanctuary that I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm right with the Lord. If you came back today for his church, I know where I'm going. Can I tell you today, church, with my last altar call, it's time to stop playing church. Jesus is coming back soon. Look at the signs of the times. Over 2,000 prophecies have, have come true about his return. There's not one prophecy that needs to happen anymore for the return of Jesus. All of them have been met. 
Jesus is coming back for his church. And if that scares you, if you're not right with God, you need to raise your hand right now because it's time to stop playing church. I see hands all over the sanctuary. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask for everybody in this house right now, under the sound of my voice, my staff, my leadership, everybody, I want you just to repeat this prayer after me. And here's the deal about this. If you mean this prayer, even though I'm the one leading you in this prayer, but if you mean it, God will forgive you, and God will give you a new life. Just repeat this. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for this second chance. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. Forgive me of my sins, of anything in my life that separates me from you. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I will live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody put your hands together. Somebody just came home. Hallelujah. Oh, you can do better than that. Welcome them right now into the family of God. Somebody just came home. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What we're going to do right now, we're going to worship in just a moment. And then after that, we're going to have all the kids to come up here and receive their new backpacks. We've still got one more housekeeping order of business to do. If that was you, say, Pastor, I just raised my hand. Maybe you raised it last week or the week before, and you say, Pastor, I raised my hand, but I need a little bit more information about all this. I, I really still don't understand what I'm committing my life to. We want to pray with you. We want to teach you. We want to instruct you. We want to reveal to you not our opinions, but we want to reveal to you what the Word says about what the next step you should take is. So if that's you, Miss Sarah, would you stand up? Miss Sarah right here, one of the sweetest ladies in the church you'll ever find in your life. She would love to talk with you, to pray with you. We've got a back room back in the back. And we've got drinks. Come on. We got donuts and cookies. Hey, not only do we give you Jesus, but we, give you, we get you fat here too. Come on. But we want to talk to you about the decisions that you've just made. So if you raised your hand, you need a Jesus to forgive you of your sins. He did it. But why don't you make a commitment before God and before others right now? You say, I love my God so much that I can stand up in front of everybody and let everybody know I'm his right now. If that's you, would you stand up on your feet right now? And Miss Sarah is going to take you back in the back. And you're going to get prayed over. You're going to get a Bible. And you're going to get instruction. Come on. There's a lot more people that raised your hand than this. If that was you, stand up on your feet right now. We're going to take you back in the back. Praise the Lord. Come on, church. Put your hands together right now. Let's give it up for them. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You are dismissed. If you would like to go, we're going to pray with you. We're going to talk to you. Come on back. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Keep your hands clapping right now. That's good news. That's good news. Come on, put your, stand up on your feet right now. Let's welcome them to this church. Hallelujah. We welcome into the family of God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I'm covered. I'm covered. You picked me up again. You have removed my shame. You take me as I am. You call me just.
of hands towards heaven no right now. Begin to worship the Lord one last time. No matter. No matter how I fall. You pick me up again. You pick me up again. You have removed my shame. You take me as I am. You call me justified. Now I am. Let's sing it one more time. put your hands together in this sanctuary one more time just for what God has done God has been good thank you Lord for saving five people today isn't that good news how many would say pastor I'm right with God today do you remember that feeling wasn't that the greatest feeling in the world I remember when I first got saved I was a teenager and I was so excited back in the day after church we'd always dismiss we'll go to Burger King how many remember those days you go to Burger King after you get dismissed from church. We went to Burger King, and I was so on fire for Jesus. I was so thankful for that Jesus forgave me of all my sins. I mean, how many sins have I committed? I was 11 years old. But I felt this, this sense of being a new creation. At 11 years old, I couldn't explain it, but I can explain it now. And I was so happy that as I was ordering my French fries and I was ordering my hamburger, as soon as the, the lady took my order, she stepped away to get my drink. And I went around the counter and I started telling the people that made the french fries about what Jesus has done. I was 11 years old. I walked around the counter. I walked back to the manager's office and I started telling the manager, hey, let me tell you, Jesus just saved me. I started telling the, the line crew, those that made the hamburgers, Jesus just forgave this 11-year-old boy. It's the greatest feeling that I've ever had in my life. And I want you to know that those five that just stepped back there, they're on cloud nine. We have a responsibility right now Pray for them. Help them enter into everything that God is doing in this church. God's doing great things. Amen. Come on. God is doing great things. And now what we're about to do is we're about to watch about 50 or 60 kids come in this house and receive a backpack with dignity. These kids don't have to go to school tomorrow or next week with nothing in their hands. I'm thankful for a church that says, you know what? You don't have to go with nothing because there's a church in this community that loves you enough. We're going to give you a backpack with school supplies. Church, I want you to know there's 150 backpacks up here. We're going to give away probably around 60 or 70 of them today. Later this week, 
We're going to partner with local elementary schools. We're going to call them up and say, we have this amount of backpacks left. Can we come and partner with you? Can we come and give these backpacks away? We're going to call Babe James Community. We're going to call YMC 